0: You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Death, Barbaric Yap, Boticus, Wicked Good, Jake H., Doge TK, Mr. Jones, Trevor Y., Avantes, and Brett R., for being part of the team that makes this show happen. You can join them and get some incredible perks and extra entries in the drawing I'll tell you about later. Go over and check it out for yourself at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And be sure to join our Discord and talk all about all the new stuff at at thehappyhearthstone.com slash discord. Hello and welcome to episode 164 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week I am joined by none other than my good friend, you. Do you know that? I mean, you are my friend. I mean, we hang out all the time, you know, we talk Hearthstone, we play, we, you know, back and forth, all that. Um, yeah, it's just you and me. We're back to the solo cast, and I'm so thankful. I'll probably be mushy, ushy, gushy all this episode because thanks to everyone who has stepped up and pitched in and become a part of the Patreon for the Happy Hearthstone, weekly episodes are back. And there couldn't be a better time now with Rise of Shadows out as it is, so I will be back to weekly episodes. I'm sorry to kick this one off, that this one's coming out a little bit late. Uh, This weekend I spent some really well-needed time with my family, and then beginning of the week with work was um, absolutely insane. In fact, now is actually the very first time I really could have uh, recorded it this week. Uh, without uh, really cutting into my soul, I guess, or my sleep time, which for those of you who are uh, parents of young kids or have been parents of young kids, you understand uh, just how valuable that is. But hey, I'm so thankful uh, that you're here joining me. We are going to talk about all sorts of stuff in fact, what I did get to do this past Friday was compete in a master's qualifier, so I'm really excited to kind of relive that, share my experience with you, let you know how it is from a layperson who's not uh, not at all a professional <laughs> player, um, but really loves this game and enjoys the competitive side, getting to do that every now and then. So uh, I'm going to tell you all about that. And then we will do our deep dives that we haven't done in a while, uh, thanks again to the to the patrons for bringing these shows back. So typically, what this show is is every other week, we have a member of the community come on, and that could be anybody uh, who's, you know, either in some other content creation space or just a listener to the show or anything in between. And we'll talk about whatever that person wants to talk about, essentially. They'll bring a main topic, and we will, uh, we will talk about that all throughout the show. And then in these weeks in between, I'll just sign on by myself, and we'll talk about the news and anything to, to keep you up to date. But also, typically, what we'll do is a deep dive into the meta, and I will give you my recommendation for what to play on the ladder in order to meet your Hearthstone goals. And I'm especially excited about this because I think it's going to really play in with some of the great work we've been doing with the Inner Fire group. And if you're unfamiliar with that, I'll explain more of it later. But these people have really been uh, incredible in helping one another to grow as players in the game. And I think that being able to understand and look at the meta is really a helpful thing. And it's changing so frequently that being able to do an episode every other week, essentially, to look into, uh, you know, what what can the stats tell us? And then what is my best recommendation for how to have a good time on the ladder and rank up? Uh, it's just well needed, and especially during the infancy of the Year of the Dragon, all the Year of the Mammoth stuff leaving, it is as fresh as it's ever been. And though things are starting to settle down a little bit, it's not uh, it's not at all stale by any stretch. And I think we've still got a lot of innovating to do uh, if these world championship lists are any <laughs> any. Uh, peek into the future for for what uh, people are going to be playing with on the ladder. There's going to be plenty to shake things up. So, uh, but before I go too far into this, I need to talk about why I'm happy today. And, you know, even though I've been extremely busy lately, I have a lot to be super thankful for. So. Uh, it, it was actually this past Thursday when I was walking into work that I forgot. Uh, many of you probably don't know, but I work for an organization that is in uh, the Christian space. And so we do publishing and I do marketing for them. And so we get Good Friday off each year. That's just part of the uh, our, our annual holidays. And I totally forgot that I had that day off <laughs> until I was walking in on Thursday. And so it was like, oh, geez, I've got the day off. My wife probably doesn't remember that. And she's got work. Um, but, uh, with our, with our little girl, I was like, well, I'll probably just have a a daddy daughter day then. And that's exactly what we did. So, uh, so we hung out at home, like I mentioned, I, because I had the freedom, I thought, well, let me try this master's qualifier thing and see if I can, uh, hang out with her in between rounds and stuff like that. And, uh, that was a that was a story in and of itself. But she and I had a blast. Uh, we got to play with bubbles outside. We went to a park, which is her new favorite thing. She's turning three in a month and a half. If that puts uh, or gives you any idea for kind of personality wise where she's at, she's active. She's fun. She's uh, very bubbly all the time. So uh, and and she's starting to really uh, understand what she wants. So she's very vocal about that. And uh, I get to grow as a parent uh, when that happens. Um, We also got, I I took her out to McDonald's to get some ice cream because I figure finding those small, cheap things that can still be really special or really important even when she's young like this. So we went there and uh, yeah, we just had a blast. So really thankful for that day. And then the rest of the weekend got to spend with my wife. Um, I can't even think about what we did on Saturday. I think... uh, she and I, my wife and I have been running at such a fast pace lately. There's been a lot going on travel-wise and stuff uh, that for us to just have a couple days where we really ratcheted down, uh, we were originally going to have a bunch of friends over for Easter and stuff like that, but, but my wife just said, can we not do that, please? And she was the one who initiated that first, so I was like, yeah, that's that's totally fine. So um, so instead, we just spent some good family time and uh, and hung out. We didn't even, I was thinking, well, I did watch Monsters, Inc. with my daughter. I am, I could not be more proud that she is taking hold of every single Disney Pixar film because those, those films are some of my favorites of all time. I think I'm finally coming into the truth that I am a full-fledged Pixar uh, fan, except for Cars 2. It's really hard to find a, a silver lining for that movie. That was, yeah unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we did watch Monsters, Inc. the other day. I was thinking we should have a family movie night, but uh, other than that, that didn't really happen. So yeah, just a great weekend overall. And so even though things are busy, I'm really thankful. And actually, we're just a week, a month and a half away from my wife's due date for a second child. So if you missed that, we are pregnant and are really excited, but we know a lot is changing uh, with that. So um yeah we just started all or my wife is in full nesting mode essentially so that's uh yeah there's a lot going on in the personal (laughs) world of Andrew Brown Um, but honestly I've been really thankful for Hearthstone 2 Rise of Shadows has just been a lot of fun a breath of fresh air to say the least as far as what is being played what you can expect I mean even just those moments when you queue up against Warrior and you realize oh yeah Baku can't trigger that's amazing. <laughs> I can't say it feels good to get matched up against Control Warrior still, but uh, it's not nearly what it was with Odd Warrior, for me at least. Uh, so, you know, little things like that are the fact, you know, you're against Rexar, and you're like, oh gosh, he's gonna have a Deathstalker on six. Oh wait, that's not a thing anymore. I mean, it's just like, there's just a lot of fun to be had for me as, as far as new stuff, and I haven't even gotten to experiment with all the deck lists I found, even full-on archetypes, Cadgar uh, Mage or Conjurer Mage or whatever you want to call it. Um, the thing that's cheating out Mountain Giants and just putting a ton of them in Grave Horrors on the board, yeah. <laughs> essentially. I haven't. I, I think I played one game with that list, and uh, it's evolved a lot since I played that game. So. Uh, yeah, I haven't really gotten to mess around with that. I have been trying most of the pretty uh, pretty defined meta stuff, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself because, uh, because we'll talk about that in the meta section, of course. So let's take some time to talk about the news. Well, if you're listening to this episode as it's releasing, you should know that the uh, Hearthstone World Championship is coming up. Uh, or the championship tour. Yeah, the World Championship. That's what we call. It. Hearthstone Championship Tour 2019 World Championship. That's what it's called. That's to World Champs, whatever. Um the best players in the entire world have been competing all year long and are finally going to be here. So hopefully you chose your champion. If not, uh it may not be too late, but you really need to you really need to go and do that. Uh April 24th through 27th. They're going to be airing these. Uh, for us in the Americas, it's going to be very late because these are in Taipei, uh, so way across the, uh, the Atlantic Pacific. I mean, basically the other side of the world for us. So it's uh, Pacific time. It's going to be each day from 7 p.m. until 3 a.m. So that's a really wacky time. But you need to know about that because they're doing some special deals for Twitch drops. If you're not familiar with that, uh, some companies do deals with Twitch where if you watch a game being played, uh, they will incentivize you with in-game rewards, essentially. And Hearthstone's doing that for the world champs. So if you watch for a total viewing time of four hours, at least four hours, over the span of the entire uh, four days of competition, you will get one Rise of Shadows pack. And uh, honestly, I, I'm a greedy little boy. I read this and I was like, that's it. It just kind of, especially with a title for the blog post, says, you get a pack and you get a pack. <laughs> it just felt like, okay. But I mean, we really can't complain about a free pack, right? And especially when it's uh, for doing what we want to do already, which is these really high stakes, uh, probably really incredible uh, play happening. I'm especially excited about this World Champs because it's right on the heels of the rotation this is uh, this is as undefined a meta, I think as is reasonably possible for this event to be happening. So it's exciting because so many people brought a ton of uh, variety of decks, uh, even within archetypes that found a lot of play. There are plenty of different techs and stuff like that. Uh, I think I think Roger is the only player who did not bring rogue. So uh, that is probably the most represented class, but, uh, yeah, there's just a ton of stuff, so it should be really fun, and these are all players I'm sure you're familiar with. Bunny Hopper, uh, Killing All Day, Hunter Ace has been insane, Just Saying, Muzzy. I, it, it, there are just way too many uh, incredible players to not watch some of this, and the fact that we get a free pack for watching, that's, that's pretty nice. Also on top of that, they're going to be giving away uh, 1,500 classic packs every hour, so that's that's quite a bit more there. So every during each cumulative hour, I assume if you've watched during that hour, uh, you're eligible. They'll give away 1,500 people one uh, classic pack on top on top of that. So again, it's not a ton, but it's it's, it's just something you know. So and and there's plenty of uh, excitement and entertainment just from watching. So again, that's April 24th through the 27th. Uh, that's Wednesday through Saturday, I believe. 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific. Daylight time, uh, and uh, hopefully you did the choose the champion. You'll get at least one Rastakhan's Rumble card pack for doing that. An additional uh, Rumble card pack for each time they win a match. So I did choose Bunny Hopper. He didn't fail me last time, and I feel like he's probably well suited in his uh, in his bracket. I, I, there's one bracket that was just I, so stacked; it was insane. I mean, these are all great players, but there was one in particular I can't remember. And Bunny Hopper was not in that one, uh, so I, I trust him. He's just done too well uh, to to not believe in. So um, excited for him! I'll be I'll be cheering him on. And then uh, announced very recently is the Raven bundle. So they do these special offers every now and then. And because I'm a marketer, I think like a marketer. So I'm guessing they're releasing this so that they can really promote it while people are watching the World Champs, because there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that, obviously. Um, but this is the Raven bundle. So you'll get five packs of each set from Year of the Raven. That's Witchwood, Boomsday Project, and Rastakhan's Rumble for only $9.99 in US. So that's about half off of those packs. So if you're a newer player, if you didn't invest much in those sets, this is a fantastic deal to take advantage of. This is going to be live through May 2nd, and it's through the Blizzard store. I assume it's in-game also. i I didn't check prior to recording, but I, I assume you'd be able to, to check that out. So 10 bucks for 15 packs. I mean, that's about as good as you could ask for. These sets aren't quite as relevant, I think, as a Rise of Shadows is, but there's still plenty of stuff that you can get. And even if it's just for the dust, uh, it's it's good. I mean, if this were last year when all you're playing are year of the Mammoth cards, that would be different. But, um, but yeah, these Raven cards are only going to see more and more play. So I'd encourage you to get it. Uh, but if you'd like to win it instead, I've got uh, something that I've been teeing off for quite some time that's finally getting off the ground this month, and that's our the Happy Hearthstone newsletter. It's a free service that I have just to tell you about any new episodes or content I come out with, blog posts, um, content on the Patreon, and it's free. And if you sign up every month, I'm going to be giving away seven packs. And so I thought, well, because this is the same price, if you want the Raven Bundle instead of seven packs, I'm totally fine with that. So uh, all you need to do to sign up for that is go over to the happyhearthstone.com slash newsletter. And just uh, put in your email address, and then you'll get subscribed to that. I've also got a free PDF for you for joining that outlines some of my favorite Twitch streamers that'll help you get better at Hearthstone. So you get that for sure. And then uh, at the first episode of next month, I'll do a drawing on the show, and uh, we'll announce the winner. So really excited to do that. That should be a lot of fun. So if you would like that Raven Bundle, uh, be sure to join. And uh, I I should kind of roll that into the sponsor break because the the Patreon, uh, like I mentioned in the intro, is is also great because you get a bonus entry into those giveaways as well. So if you want to really take advantage of everything, you could be supporting the show on Patreon and sign up for the newsletter and you'll get double the entries into that giveaway. So can't encourage you to do that enough because, I mean, come on. It's, uh, it's free packs. And the Patreon really is the best way to support this show. I've got levels that I've really thought about a long time because I wanted to create a lot of variety for different people no matter where you're at to be able to support the show. Uh, you know, there are some people who maybe, uh, you know, really want to take their game seriously, and I've created the Inner Fire for that. It's sort of my inner circle where we're coming out with deep dives every month to help you lay some foundational things that will help you get to the next step in your Hearthstone gameplay. So if you're at rank 15, rank 10, rank 5, and you're really wanting to get up to that next threshold, and uh, I, you know, everyone kind of has legend in their sights, like, oh, I'd really love to do that, I truly believe anyone can get there because Hearthstone is a game about decision-making. Decision making isn't, uh, well, there are plenty of like first person shooter games where there is lots of decision making in that, but there's also a physical element where you've got to be able to have your frames per second, your crosshairs, all that kind of stuff exactly right. Uh, I, I, you know, I watch, uh, what's her name, Tracer players on the Overwatch League, and it's just beyond me. I, I don't know I'll ever be able to get there necessarily. But with Hearthstone, this is 100% about decision making. So by having the right tools, by having the right mindset, by knowing what to look for in your mulligan or in your deck selection or your matchups... I really believe anyone can get there. It's just for a lot of people, you don't know where to start, and the Inner Fire really is the best place to do that. So that's on the Patreon. At the $10 level or above, you get access to the exclusive Discord channel, and you'll get access to uh, those monthly deep dives. I think we're going to be talking about Attacking the Ladder, uh, this month, because a lot of our conversations, we've been talking about the meta a lot in there and sharing deck lists for what's working and replays for helping each other get better and stuff. But I've noticed that there's been a lot of talk about uh, you know how to approach that, like you know what are the things that I need in order to um, to really get to the next step. So um, it's it's some mindset stuff. It's a, it's a little bit about how you approach your time when you're sinking in. Uh, Because you do have to spend time to to ladder up. I'm sure that's a surprise to everyone listening to this. Um, But having those things in the right uh, frame of mind can really help you uh, to get there. So it's not too late. That's actually going to happen uh, this Friday if you're listening. So you can get access to that live session. And I'll be recording it for Inner Fire patrons as well. So so yeah, go over to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. Check it out. Join in. Uh, we've also got levels at you know five dollars a month if you want exclusive weekly content. I, I actually just made a Zoom Age video this week. That deck is a lot of fun, and I had an insane game with it. If you're at that level and you haven't checked that video out, you really need to because it was a lot of fun, and you'll see why. Um, but that might be another level to consider, or even if you know the budget is just really tight right now, even at a dollar a month, you can get shoutouts on the show and just be a part of that team, get those extra entries, maybe get some packs from that. So I uh, just want to thank those of you uh, who are supporting the show over there from the bottom of my heart and uh, appreciate anyone who would go and check it out today. Again, patreon.com slash the happy Hearthstone. Looking forward to seeing more of you in the Inner Fire very soon. All right, so for our main topic today, we've got two sections pretty much. The Master's Qualifier I'm going to talk about and the meta. So let's talk about this Master's Qualifier. So those of you who are, are maybe not as familiar with this, the, uh, the Game of Hearthstone... If you just open it up on your phone or on your computer, you would see you've got the ladder and you've got casual, you've got tavern brawl, and these are sort of the ways to play. You've also got a friends list. Maybe you've got some people that you can play with on there, Uh, but that's seemingly it. Well, Hearthstone also has a whole esports division, and uh, I mean, to say that they've been through a lot of change over the past year would be an understatement, uh, just understatement of the century. Um, But the master steward is something that they've put together that essentially lets anyone have a chance at getting into the pro scene. And uh, for those of you who are more heavily invested in this side of thing, you'll have to forgive me because I know there's lots of nuances to this. And uh, to make my opinion uh, clear quickly, uh, there's... there there is a very low chance of people who are not at the top of the esports professional scene to be able to make it. But technically, everyone does have a chance. And especially for most of the listeners of this show who are probably not too highly competitive, uh, this really is something that anyone can join and anyone can be a part of. And then uh, you can see what happens from there. So Uh, So my apologies. If there's something I say you disagree with, uh, I'd I'd just ask for a little bit of grace because I'm not going to go too heavy into the details of all of this. And there's plenty of conversations I've I've seen happening lately, especially with the Grand Masters announcements and stuff like that. I I don't want to get in the weeds with that. Um, But for the Masters qualifiers, these are open tournaments that anyone can join online. And there are several most days, especially like Monday through Friday. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like uh, Sunday through Friday. Uh, There really are a lot. So every week they've been running them for the America server, Europe, and Asia Pacific. Different times of the day depending on what makes sense for you. And uh, you can sign up for the server that your collection is on typically. And you're signing up for an eight-round round-robin style gameplay. Those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you might remember I went to DreamHack Denver a couple years ago. You can go back and find the episodes where I talked about my experience there. That was similar uh, where DreamHacks were doing Hearthstone. It was a round-robin tournament where you play several rounds and you kind of get matched up in accordance with your record so far. So the very first round, you could get matched up with anyone. Let's say you lose that first round. The second round, you're going to be matched up with someone else who lost. The third round, maybe you won one, lost one. You're going to find somebody else who, who did that also. So uh, so it kind of progresses from there. And then after the nine rounds of of that one, then they would do a single elimination bracket of the top uh, eight, 16, 32 players. It's kind of up to how the, they want to do that. So for um, for the Masters qualifier, it's very similar, except it's all online. So you're able to do this from the comfort of your own home. Uh, but they do take a long time, and uh, that's where I'll sort of get into my experience here because uh, it was something else. So here's the story. So you can sign up for these actually weeks in advance. I think they open it up two weeks in advance to sign up for on Battlefy. If you're interested in this, I'll include a link in the show notes at the happyhearthstone.com. Um But you can find these. They, they run these through Battlefy, which is an online system. And so you can go and sign up for these, and uh, it is specialist format. So you bring a primary deck, a secondary deck, and a tertiary deck, and they all have to be within five, or the the second and tertiary have to be within five cards of the primary, essentially. So you're bringing one archetype, usually, and uh, just sort of some tech-in cards depending on what you get matched up against. And it's a best of three. First round, both both uh, people bring their primary deck, and then the second and third, you can play any of those three decks Uh, That you want and go back and forth. So, what's interesting is I had signed up for this. I was actually on the wait list. There were 369 people that had signed up out of 224 spots that they had. So, I just sort of signed up on a whim. I was like, you know, if this works out, great. If not, that's fine. But I still made it in. So, here's the thing anyone can sign up those two weeks in advance, but you have to check in within 30 minutes of it starting. And enough people just signed up for it and didn't show up because, I mean, you know, you don't have to put any money in for registering. Uh, there's just, there's no downside essentially for signing up. So a lot of people won't show up. So if you've been thinking about this and you see it's always overbooked, don't let that be a, be an issue because, uh, I guess they were overbooked by 175 people and I still made it in there. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, my nerves were shaking as I got my first bracket assignment. And so I'm checking out their deck list because it's open deck list. Uh, the, the Battlefly system is really cool, the way it's set up and everything. It'll, it just automatically sent us into this thing. We had a private chat. I could look at their deck list and everything. And I look at it, and I see they're bringing Control Warrior. Oh boy, buckle in. I guess I guess I should have stepped back and say I brought Token Druid to this. Actually, the night before I'm talking with Wicked Good, and I'm just like losing and losing and losing on the ladder. I finally swap over to Token Druid and I actually had a winning record. I, I had a really good winning record, like five and one or something like that. So I was like, okay, I don't even know if this is the best deck that I could bring to a specialist tournament, but it's the only one I can win with right now. So I'm gonna bring it anyway. I found a, uh, a lineup that Papa Jason had used, and he actually won a qualifier with it. So I thought, okay, what have I got to lose? I'll try this out. I kind of read through sort of some of his strategies and went with that. So, so it's my token druid against their control warrior. Typically, it's actually a good matchup for, uh, for token druid because they only have so many board clears. I, they've got two copies of Warpath and two copies of Brawl and that's about it. Uh, they, they do have the uh, Dynomatics also, so you gotta watch out for that. But usually with the Forest's aid, uh, just refreshing the board constantly, <laughs> they can't really keep up with that. So, but I was still like, oh man, so these rounds could last a very long time. Here we go. So I've, I sent him a, a friend request because these are done in casual mode in the game and I see nothing. So I look over at the private chat and they said that they sent a request to me, but I have nothing. I'm thinking for a second. Are they on a different server? And they message me. They say, "You you know this story if you looked at my Twitter." They they message me. Is it American server? I say it is. They say f me. And then five seconds later, they've conceded and I won. <laughs> so that was the most interesting uh, start to the rounds possible, I think. Uh, especially when I was ready for uh, for a very long round. So. Uh, then the waiting began. So here's here's you've probably heard if you've paid attention to these qualifiers at all that they are taking a very long time lately. And the reason for that is that if there is a Control Warrior mirror, which is not too crazy because Control Warrior has a very good matchup percentage against Rogue, which is really dominating a lot of these Masters qualifiers lately. Uh, so it's not crazy that you get a control warrior, mirror, or actually I saw one of the rounds was a control shaman versus a control warrior. And th- with Archivist Elysiana and potentially even a Baleful Banker or Youthful Brewmaster, those games can go all the way to the max. I think it's 90 turns or something that before both portraits concede or something like that. So uh, yeah. We waited a long time. This started at 9 a.m., my local time, an hour and 45 minutes later. I'm seeing in their Discord channel that round four of the previous tournament and round seven of the one before that, brackets had just been posted. Holy cow. So I I realized I'm probably not finishing this because – you know, I'm 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 hanging out with my daughter, kind of in between and stuff. I I, w- I would put on a show for her for you know what I hoped would be twenty to thirty minutes of me just playing a quick round. Um, but uh, yeah, I realized I'm probably not going to make it all the way through this. And I'd actually signed up for another qualifier at noon just in case I didn't make this one. But there's no way I'm going to be a part of that one, right? So an hour fifty two minutes. Finally, they have the second round, and I see okay, it's a mid range hunter. I set up. And uh, we're we're in the first game, and I was I, you know trying to be really aggressive because mid range hunter can can be aggressive too. I set up for lethal two different times, like I was ready the next turn, but they just had nutty responses, so they were able to win that. And then the second game, they chose a deck that was teched specifically against token Druid. They got hyena on two buffed, and it was up to eight attack by like turn three or four. And then uh, Grizzly on five and Dire Frenzy on six. I just uh, did not have a chance. The Witchwood Grizzly. It was it was miserable, honestly. So I lost that one pretty uh, pretty stoutly. So I've just accepted that I didn't make it into the first one, uh, you know, because I, I lost. So uh, at least I signed up for a second tournament. I go to my tournament, or I go I go to my computer, I find out my opponent's ready, and it's a standard rogue, okay? So I'm like, all right, finally, something normal, because Midrange Hunter is kind of a weird one to be matched up against. Uh, and we're playing our game, and I get a friend request and see that I have a different game to play. I'm kind of confused. I keep playing. Uh, Rogue had a counter deck ready. They reverse swept me. I, at least I got that first game in, but they they won the other two just soundly. I go back and I find out uh, that the Masters qualifier are eight rounds of Swiss. And I realize I, I didn't do a good job of storytelling because what I thought going into this was that this was just a single elimination tournament. I thought, if I lose the first round, I'm just out. And I was okay with that, especially because I, I wasn't thinking I'm going to stay in this whole tournament. I'm probably not going to qualify uh, because, spoiler alert, it's only the person who places first in each of these that actually qualifies for the bigger tournament in Las Vegas. So... Uh, getting first out of, you know, 224 players is quite an accomplishment. There are plenty of good players that get to the top 16, top eight and don't quite make it and can't get that, uh, that invite. So I realized finally, oh wait, this is a Swiss tournament followed by a single elimination. This is just like DreamHack Denver. So I realized, okay, um... I I just drop out of that second tournament because uh, I realized it's been over four hours, and we've gotten through three rounds now, and I'm probably going to have to drop before we go to Good Friday service at my church tonight, you know, so uh, yeah, that's just not going to happen, so we keep going. Round four was almost exactly the same as round three, uh, where it was a pretty standard lackey rogue. And uh, I, I just didn't have a win in that one because they had double fan, double backstab, double SI7, and an 8 8 Van Cleef in back to back games. And Token Druid cannot do anything <laughs> against that. So that was a bummer. I'm honestly, I'm sitting there like, can I just get a win, please? Um, and because it was taking so much time in between, um, my daughter was kind of taking care of herself at that point. I was like, I'm just going to jump on ladder and see if this deck's any good. So I take that primary deck on ladder and I just start smoking the ladder. It was insane. I think I dropped one game out of like eight or something like that. And, uh, I got to rank four. That felt good. Uh, and I, at least I reminded myself, okay, I can play this deck. I'm competent with this. It's just that these people were ready for token Druid, uh, you know, essentially, so my next game is against Bomb Warrior, and I was able to take that one 2-0, and that felt so good. Like, finally I could get a win. Uh, at that point, I realized um, I've got about two hours before my wife comes home, and I haven't, like, I, my daughter took her nap, and then the morning we were kind of in and out. So I, I thought, let's go do something fun uh, for the last couple hours. I don't need to prove myself any you know on this. And I'm glad that I had an experience, so I dropped out uh, at that point. Uh, I I knew there was no chance of getting to the single elimination bracket, so uh, just, you know, did that. Now, when I came home from that service that night, it was about 12 hours after it had started, and they were just getting ready for the semifinals, I believe, at that point. I've heard some tournaments could take up to 15 hours or so, so I guess 12 isn't that bad. But uh, suffice it to say, there are several things I learned here that I wanna pass on. If you're interested at all, in competing in one of these. One is, I'd encourage you, if you're interested, try it out. You have nothing to lose other than some time. But if you enjoy the game, I really believe that playing, uh, playing even simply competitively, like a, a tournament every now and then, like I'm able to, I mean, this is like one a year I'm going on at this rate, uh, really can help your gameplay and mindset improve quite a bit. Because there's an experience of having a lot on the line Even more so than thinking about the star you're either going to gain or lose on the ladder, right? Uh, So if you've never done something like this, it's free. There's no barrier to entry other than registering. And like I mentioned, they may look like they're stacked, but there's a really good chance if you've got one coming up at a time that makes sense for you that you could actually uh, make it into there if you just show up uh, regardless. They are going to take a very long time, though. So it's sort of twofold. I would say that probably most of you are in the same bank as me where it's like, I'm probably not going to make it into the top 32, 60. I can't remember where it cuts off for the single elimination bracket, but I I wasn't counting on that. I'm sure many of you would relate. You'd kind of be just going for the experience. If that's the case, call it when you're feeling done, right? For me, I, I knew I had one more in me and I was really hoping I could just win this last one at least and have a win under my belt. Uh, you know, if you want to play it through, that's great, but I'd encourage you because there's nothing lost by, by opting out, play a few rounds, see how it goes, learn from it. And uh, whether you take that learning into another tournament at another time or take it into the ladder, regardless, it'll be worth it for you. Um, and you can utilize that, but don't subject yourself. If you're really feeling run down and like, man, this is, I'm not having fun with this. Then, then go do something fun. Uh, and you can very easily in their Discord channel just ping and let them know, hey, I'm I'm not going to play this one out, so that you don't have to be a no-show to rounds and stuff like that. So I'd encourage you with that. Uh, the other thing that's really not a downside, I'm sure many of you know this, but there's probably plenty of you that don't also, is that you actually get prizes for entering also, and they're they're not huge, but uh, there are um, there are Rise of Shadows packs essentially on the line for competing. So. Uh, I placed in the second bracket, I guess, of prizes, uh, which gave me two Rise of Shadows packs. So uh, I don't know that that's necessarily worth the uh, the six hours or so I spent on the actual event. But again, there's so much more to gain from that. And really, like, especially at DreamHack Denver, that was such a fun experience. And I did that without any uh, any reward other than the relationships built and stuff like that. I, online qualifier is a little different. You're probably not going to be making friends through this, unfortunately. Uh, but it is great for your gameplay uh, to be able to get better. And so that little extra kicker that, hey, you could get at least one pack just for competing. That's pretty nice. And if you do well, you can get several more. Um, I know the the top player gets 20 packs, I think, along with their invite to the next uh, to the Masters Tour in Las Vegas. So, um, so yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I, again, there's just nothing to lose by trying it out and competing. So I'd encourage you to go check it out. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes at thehappyhearthstone.com uh, that you can go and see. If this is something that doesn't interest you, I don't think. I also think there's no reason to kind of like force yourself to do it either, because it is a time commitment. And uh, in, in between rounds, you've got a lot of uh, you know twiddling your thumbs. Essentially, you don't really want to get back on ladder unless uh, unless your round went quick. Uh, because if you're in the middle of a, a match or something, you might have to concede. or something. So for me, it was good. You know, I, I got to spend time with my daughter in between. Maybe you got some things to do around the house or, or something like that. Or you want to play some story game on the side, you know, play some, uh, some of the new Assassin's Creed or something. I don't know. Uh, you can do that. But definitely have something else to do so you're not just sitting there, you know, um, biting your tongue or something, <laughs> wishing that this would hurry along. So yeah, that's my whole story. If you have any questions about it, I'd be happy to answer them as far as I know and you can uh, you can just tweet at me at Andrew's Living or send me an email to happyharston@gmail.com. at gmail.com i 'd be happy to do that. but hope I encourage you to tr- to check it out and give it a try because it really was a, a good time and I'm glad i I've had the experience now to kind of see how that goes and uh, I actually signed up for another one just to sort of uh, get myself back in there and Uh, I've been having a lot of luck with Hunter lately, so I really wanted to try that. And speaking of that, let's talk about the meta. Uh, The meta, man, it's impossible to ever completely nail down what deck you should play, and yet that's one of the number one questions I get asked often in the Discord that people are asking each other is like, what should I play? I'm asking it myself too, right? Uh, Every time that you go to ladder up, you want to have the best deck possible. And though you can't ever determine exactly what's best at any time, you can make the best choice that you can based off of what you know, what you've experienced, and also what other people are saying. And that's really where HSReplay.net becomes an invaluable tool, because what they've done, if you haven't checked it out before, is they aggregate data from players all across the world And put it into uh, very simple pages where you can check out what's happening around the world. What people are playing, what people are winning with, which deck lists are being won with. And a lot of the tools that they have are free, and you can check it out at hsreplay.net. But their premium subscription is really where things kick into overdrive. That's where you're able to look at your specific rank, your region, and in a very limited time window, you can see what's specifically working in that region. Uh, You can look up in-depth Mulligan guides. There is just a ton of information on here. And it's only $5 a month. I forgot to mention earlier that we've only got a week left for the special offer this month that if you join at the Inner Fire level or above on the Patreon, you'll get a free month of hsreplay.net premium. I'm really excited to get that into the hands of, uh, of you folks who are really trying to up your game because it is it is one of the best tools you could possibly have for doing that. Um, and what we'll do during our meta deep dive is sort of look at some of the free information on hsreplay.net and uh, I'll help you digest it and kind of look at maybe what uh, what should be at the top of your list as far as things that are working. And looking at it right now, uh, their tier one lists on the meta are the win rates that or uh, the deck archetypes that have the strongest win rates across the board. Right now, the top two here are Token Druid and Mech Hunter, and I'm really excited that those are the two decks because they're probably the ones I have spent the most time with this meta so far. Uh, right out the gates, Token Druid really seemed like it was a very strong, uh, a really strong list, and that's because of the Forest Aid, which is the eight mana twin spell that summons five two two triants, and uh, blessing of the blessing of the Ancients, being a twin spell that gives your minions plus one plus one, and Dreamweight Guardians, two mana spell, summon two one two dryads with life steal. Uh Acorn Bearer is the other one. One mana, two, one minion with death rattle, add two one, one squirrels to your hand. None of these tools to me seemed incredibly overpowered. And yet, in practice, when you throw all of these together, it's insanity. Turn one acorn bearer, turn two, Dreamway Guardians, turn three, landscaping, turn four, uh, you've got a lot of different options. You could power the wild ear board, uh, you could do your first um your first Blessing of the Ancients, uh, really what you want, because your opponent's probably been trading those things off so far, is you want a Whispering Woods with a with a very full hand. And then on turn five, you may already have a chance at Lethal with Savage Roar uh, and Power of the Wild or the Blessing of the Ancients or something like that. Really, you're just trying to develop your board very quickly and then buff it to a point where your opponent can't deal with it and just has to concede, essentially. <laughs> The tough thing is that since this list has risen in popularity, it is being teched against furiously. So, though it has the number one uh, popularity win rate, or excuse me, win rate on hsreplay.net's meta, on their decks page, you can actually see the popularity of decks. And Token Druid is also the most popular deck right now on there. Uh, since the expansion came out, uh, they've tracked a, over a million games with Token Druid, which is, that's beyond insane right now. The second highest is 250,000 in Tempo Rogue. Uh, so, and, and I think that's that's mostly because this Token Druid list specifically has really taken up steam. Uh, with Rogue, you've got a lot of different, uh, like, small variations in deck lists. So uh, people have been trying a lot of different stuff. But for Token Druid, uh, this list uh, with Vargoth and Mark of the Loa, and I'm trying to think. Of, I, well, actually, double swipe and double wrath, I believe, too, has really taken off. Uh, I was not a fan of the of the wrath and, and swipe off the off the bat, and so I was running a list. I can't remember what it had. Instead, I know people have tried Microtech controller. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what else. I just didn't want to have to deal, uh, or I, I didn't. I didn't want spells that don't do anything other than develop my board or develop my board. Either create tokens or buff my tokens, I guess, are the things I was thinking of. But Swipe is so good in the mirror because you can take care of things. Um, And I've I've had a lot of games where Swipe actually was just enough to get me lethal. Like my opponent was able to get a couple taunts in the way and it wasn't looking good, but they only literally four health. I can see it in my head, the game that I played where that happened and I had Swipe in hand and it felt so good to just go face and be done with that. So uh, so yeah, yeah. so Token Druid is very effective, especially if you can learn it. For those of you who are in the ranks uh, somewhere between like uh, somewhere at 15 or or lower, so 20 or 25, I know the, low, the whole lower higher thing is kind of confusing. I know some people think that you go down to reach rank one, but I think of going up to rank one. So anyway, if you're anywhere in that 50 to, uh, to 20 or 15 rank, Token Druid is probably gonna be your best bet because if you can learn how to play it and be really aggressive, there's a good chance your opponent won't quite know what to do in order to combat you. So as you're getting up into the higher ranks uh, from 15 to 10, five, and and up to Legend, especially that five to Legend grind, Token Druid is expected and a lot of builds are ready for it. Tempo Rogue, like I mentioned, that one uh, sad uh, game that I played, where they have backstabs, they have um, their SI7 agents, e- they're even running Fan of Knives because they really want to make sure that they can deal with Whispering Woods on four. They're ready for you. And Bomb Warrior or Control Warrior, they've got their Warpaths ready. They've got uh, minions with Rush. I know there's uh, some some uh, lists that are running Rabid Worgans or Militia Commander, or uh, you know they, they've got a Wrench Caliber in hand or their Brawl. So you can. I, I I feel like token druid is still pretty strong against bomb warrior specifically because they're not as ready to deal with your board as control warrior is. But control warrior, especially running weapons project and shield slam, uh, they can keep up with you, and they will uh, they will outvalue you if they get the right plays at the right time. So, a uh, little bit trickier there. But uh, but yeah, token druid I would say is probably one of the best things you can run if you're in those uh, those lower ranks. And then mech hunter is the other uh, the other list that I've been playing a lot of lately. And that's been in the past few days. I actually want to look at my uh, my data on here. It's it's really great that if you have your deck tracker, your free deck tracker from hsreplay.net, uh you can log in and f- and see replays of all of your games. I'm looking at this right now. And I've played, I think, about 20 games so far uh, with um, with this list specifically, and I, I've been really hovering in rank three lately. But I've got a 65% win rate so far out of 23 games that I played, which is really good. I'm I'm just going to keep running it honestly because I'm uh, I'm feeling it. And as uh, my buddy Wiki Good says, when you're seeing the matrix, you just got to hit the play button. So uh, so I'm going to keep doing that. So yeah mech hunter really interesting. I don't I couldn't even tell you exactly what it is that allows Mech Hunter to do so well. I've learned from playing it lately that it is a very aggressive deck if you're really uh, honing in on the bomb package. So that's a lot of cards that came out in Boomsday Project that generate Goblin Bombs. So Explodinator, Boommaster Flark is a card now, which is super exciting. I'm pretty sure he was my free uh, non-golden legendary for that expansion uh, for my pre-order. So I'm glad I can finally use him. Uh, but a lot of stuff that has magnetic, like missile launcher, war gear, replicating menace, uh, venomizer is a really good card uh, because you can take care of stuff. Fireworks tech uh, allows you to activate a spider bomb, and then when the spider bomb goes off later, it can uh, it can take care of something too. So it ends up being really good, I think, against the big uh, the big minion decks. So something like. Uh, like Bomb Warrior, or uh, I guess actually Paladin, it tends to do well against uh, in my experience so far as well. so there's a ton of different variants. Some are not as heavy on the bomb package and they're more heavy on the death rattle package, so running double nine lives, running uh, Oblivitron, and some of them are even running Zuljin. With the right uh, spells in there, I mean, especially nine lives. Getting to just do that again is sometimes good enough. Uh, bomb tosses will sometimes make them in there. Marked shot will give you another spell. So there's, and usually, even if Marked shot kills your own minion, that's not the worst thing in the world. What I've really loved is that in the list I'm running, I have a copy of Mossy Horror in there. And that's fantastic against Token Druid, which is one of the worst matchups uh, in here. But if you've got, if you can coin that out on five, sometimes it can just destroy their board and they can't come back in enough time because you're being so aggressive Or sometimes if I've played Flark or a couple of Explodinators, Mossy Horror is actually an aggressive play because it activates all of those bombs. And I've had a few games where that was just enough to kill the opponent because I've been putting in so much work. I mean, really, the dream is playing Meckaroo into a Galvanizer. And then if Galvanizer can discount uh, everything down a turn, I've had games where I would curve into Spider Bomb or, or into... actually. No, I, I would I would go from Galvanizer in turn two, turn three Explodinator, turn four War Gear, one of the Goblin bombs, turn six Missile Launcher, uh, magne- magnetize something. It's just so much pressure, it's unrelenting. <laughs> and if your opponent doesn't have a very clear removal strategy, which Control Warrior is the best, but even then they've only got so many. You know, so uh, yeah, this can be a very aggressive deck that uh, they just. You know, sap, it, sap is sad when that happens, but I haven't been running into too many saps lately. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that this is a very strong... And I'm like I said, I'm just going to keep running it until, until it doesn't work anymore. A couple other decks that I'll mention that are high on tier two here are Tempo Rogue or Lackey Rogue, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, Rogue has taken over that specialist format. I mean, if you look at the reports from Masters Qualifiers most, if not all, of the decks in the top eight are uh, some variant of Lackey Rogue. And it's kind of insanity. I mean, the deck can do a lot. And I think I, I did play a lot of Rogue early on in the Rise of Shadows meta. And being able to play a Waggle Pick and deal four damage, uh, Sousy Deckhand or Captain Greenskin or whatever, being able to Leroy and then Shadow Step Leroy and play it again, do your second... Uh, charge you do so much damage out of nowhere. I think that's really where it becomes strong, and then having access to Myra's, which is just an emergency button essentially that says, "I don't have cards and I need them, and I just need to do a little bit more damage," during a very healless meta, uh, that that can do wonders. So, uh, so yeah, Rogue is not to be trifled with. But it is also, admittedly, the trickiest class, I would argue, out of any. So if you feel inept in the rogue department, you are absolutely not alone. And uh, I I think that especially now when there are so many different lists, unlike Token Druid where it's like, okay, we sort of settled on this one list that's probably the strongest, rogue is all over the place. There are people running Myras. There are people running uh, Chef Nomi. There are people running hench clan Thugs. It's kind of all... Everyone's running Evil Lackeys, so you better be running two of those. Uh, But other than that, there's not a lot of uh, stability in those lists necessarily. Bomb Warrior also very strong. If you have the tools for this deck, I would uh, encourage you to to play it also because bombs are fun, right? (laughs) Uh, This was so strong out the gates that a lot of people were teching against it early on and trying to be more aggressive than Bomb Warrior could. Now that things have kind of slowed down a bit, it's actually played out to Bomb Warrior's disadvantage even more so. Because things that can have a lot of longevity, like Control Warrior and Control Shaman, I mean, Control Big Shaman is not not something to joke about, in my opinion. Uh, Those lists can heal a lot. And I I have played several games of Bomb Warrior where I put a ton of bombs into my my opponent's deck, but they're just able to sneak their way up health-wise, and my bombs don't end up doing enough, and they're able to just sustain themselves and outlast me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Bomb Warrior is going to do well if you're seeing, like, um, if you're seeing, well, it it says Nomi Priest is actually the best matchup here on HS Replay, so uh, I guess there's that. Uh, you're not going to see a ton of Nomi Priests, although it is picking up, especially killing all day playing in a world. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's just a very, uh, it's it's a simple deck to play because you kind of know each turn what you want to do. So yeah, there's finesse to it like any deck list, but I would say to somebody who's kind of newer in the meta who has enough cards to construct this list, uh, that it's, it's probably worth your time, and especially if you've got Blastmaster Boom. I mean, that card is so good, I, especially after you've played Doctor Boom Mad Genius. Uh, so I, I guess it is a little pricier. You need the elix, you need the um, the wrench calibers and stuff. So uh, it's probably okay to avoid it, honestly, <laughs> because if you're uh, if you're newer to the game, if you don't have the dust for it, I, it's probably not one that I could I could say with complete certainty you should go out and craft everything for. Another one I wanted to mention is Zoo Warlock. Zoo Warlock has uh, has been very effective at different uh, different different places on the ladder, and it's because of this card, Magic Carpet. My goodness, three mana, one six. After you play a one cost minion, give it plus one attack and rush. I uh, I definitely broke my own rules and crafted a couple of these because I really wanted to try it out and see how it worked. And goodness sake, if you, if you coin out Magic Carpet on turn two and you've got the right hand of one cost minions your opponent cannot and will not keep up with you. So this is again a very aggressive deck that I would highly recommend. Uh, you need those magic carpets for sure. Hopefully you have a couple Sea Giants from your classic collection. Solarium is really good, so I would recommend having that. Arch-Villain reform. I'm not as sold on. It's a really good uh, emergency button, kind of like uh, Myra's Unstable Element. But it's much slower, and it's in-game matchups that are really difficult for you to win already. So I would say if you have Leroy Jenkins, you could easily sub him in instead of Rafam if you don't have him yet. So uh, yeah, this list is really strong. It's going to do well against a lot of different things. Um, It's not going to do well against Control Warrior because they're able to take care of your board uh, just fine. But if you're seeing uh, if you're seeing Hunter, if you're seeing a lot of lots of Druid, because this does really well against Token Druid, because uh, Zoo has always been the master of being able to control the board. So Token can't quite keep up with it, uh, especially if you get a really good early start. You really want to be looking for those Flame Imps, uh, Knife Jugglers, and Magic Carpets to start things off. Although Crystallizer, Serenite Taskmaster, I tell you what, that is a card. Uh, I, I think that it is uh, very well finding its place in the meta right now. So those are several different lists that I would recommend. Um, for my How to Have a Happy Time deck of the week, I am going to stick to kind of what I've hinted at throughout this, or actually I've kind of said it blatantly. Okay. I, I It was one of those moments where you're saying the words and you kind of wish you could kind of draw them back just a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but if you are at rank 15 through rank 50, I'm going to highly recommend Token Druid for you. It's a pretty cheap list overall. Uh, Keeper Siladrus is uh, the most expensive card. Uh, you've got Archmage Vargoth, which you should have for free, which is great. You get to use that. You do need the Double Whispering Woods for sure. And a lot of lists are running Double Crystal Song Portal. I don't think you have to craft it. It can be very strong in order to get some extra minions in your hand when you don't have something. You just need some fuel to get through. Um, But those are the only epics and legendaries that are in this list. So it's fairly cheap, and I think it's just going to do wonders uh, if you can learn what that perfect curve is. Again, Acorn Bear, Dreamway Guardians, uh, Landscaping, and Whispering Woods is really the step-by-step that you want to get through. So uh, yeah, definitely go and do that. And then if you're in the higher list, I am going to highly recommend this Mech Hunter. I mean, it's just been doing so well for me so far. And I mean, there are very few things that have felt like a poor, uh, a poor matchup for me so far. I, I, I want to look at my replays again real quick just to make sure that I'm not, or, or that I'm, yeah. I, I mean, actually, I haven't had a loss to the same class twice. This is really interesting, actually. Looking at all these, I have a loss to Mage, Warlock, Rogue, Druid, Shaman, Hunter, and Warrior. That's all classes except what Paladin and I can't find the other one. What is it? Uh, That shaman list was a big shaman that had my number. Uh, The hunter loss I remember was to a mid-range hunter that just, or no, it was a mirror actually. And they were just able, mirrors you just have to understand you're going to lose those 50% of the time because sometimes they get a better hand than you do. So uh, yeah. So to have so many varied losses has me feeling really good that there's not just this clear uh, deck list or archetype that you're just poor against that's seeing a lot of play right now. And I mean, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know I love the Goblin Bombs. I still don't understand why I love them so much, but especially during this time when they work, uh, I will highly recommend that Mech Hunter list. So if those sound interesting to you, if you want to check out the full deck list and uh, see some of the great stats that are available to you on hsreplay.net. I will include links in the show notes. Again, go to the happyhearthstone.com and you can check out that Token Druid and Mech Hunter list to make sure that you're at the top of your game this month in the coming weeks, okay? All right, well, as we jump into our community section, I want to remind you about iTunes reviews. They make a really big deal Uh, and it's the, it's the freest, simplest way to support the show. So if you're just at a place where, you know, Patreon sounds great, but you just can't quite get there right now. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, it takes a few minutes and it impacts the show for all eternity, all eternity. Like if you've seen infinity ward, it's like you're Thanos and you just found the final, uh, crystal. I saw that. What were they power stones? Oh, man, I just lost all the momentum I was building. <laughs> anyway, seriously, it makes a really big deal. So uh, please go and do that. I do want to thank, actually, the one iTunes review that we got, which is from Tumbala one in Australia. Very cool. Five stars, and the title is Because We're Happy. They said, new to Hearthstone, and I've already learned so much from Andrew and guests. Love the show and the good vibes. Get around the happy Hearthstone. Thank you so much, Tumbala. Appreciate you from down under uh, leaving a review. And uh, if you want to leave a review, go do that. And just a reminder, every other month, I'm actually doing a drawing for an hour of free coaching with me for those of you who either leave a review and let me know or have left a review and let me know. You just have to send me an email at happyhearthstone at gmail.com. Right now, I have zero entries into that. So if you want to win something and you never win something, this could be your chance. So definitely go and do that. And speaking of that, it wouldn't be an episode of the Happy Hearthstone if I didn't bring you a fantastic card of the week, right? So, here we go. I believe in a gear called war. Just watch above this like by five. It was just a little goblin bomb. Now my opponent's terrified. Magnetic is finally good. Like I always knew it would. Yeah, right. That's what I got. This is like a little... Uh, just a little bite, like a little sound bite, you know? War is my Card of the Week, 5-mana, five 5-5, five, five, Mech with Magnetic, and that's it. You know, it was funny. I, I think we talked about it on the review episode. If not, we were talking about it offline, uh, Wicked Good and I, because at Boomsday Project review time, I remember saying War Gear is just like a better Blessing of Kings because you just play it as a 5-mana, five 5-5, five, five, or it's a 1-mana up uh, buff spell. And I think we're finally seeing the potential here. It's funny to me that we're seeing it in um, in Hunter, but I guess it makes sense with how aggressive this, uh, this build is. That there's just a place for war gear that your opponent doesn't want to kill all those tiny little goblin bombs, uh, and they're learning that they need to, because otherwise you've got uh, potentially uh, war gear replicating menace or whatever magnetizing onto it, and all that damage is going face, and then they have to kill it, and it's even harder to kill, and yeah, it, it just spirals out of control from there, but... Um, but regardless, they don't really want to kill those those little goblin bombs. So, and if you have to play it as a five-man five-five, there's worse things that you could do, right? Um, I don't know that there's been a time I've had to do that that I'm too excited about. It. <laughs> but uh, but far more times uh, have I actually been able to magnetize it on something that's been able to live, especially if you're creating those tokens. I mean, Boommaster Flark just getting to get four goblin bombs on the on the board is usually pretty good. I I. Usually my opponent can deal with the 5-5, five five, but they can't deal with all these zero twos. And I've got plenty of magnetization in my hand where, I don't know, I just kind of feel like Dr. Boom, where I just get excited about all these little creatures that are going to just explode in my opponent's face. This is going to be great. So, <laughs> so thank you, War Gear, for finally being good. I feel like we kind of got it right. Eh, we got it right, I think, that it had a lot of potential. And now there's finally time for him to rise and become the master of the mix, so... Uh, That's all I got for you for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. I want to remind you, as always, also, that you are the Happy Hearthstone. This is no podcast put on by just one person, but truly, this is a community effort. I love getting to have different people from the community on this show, and whether you've been on the show in the past or you want to be on in the future, uh, really, it's all of us rallying around and finding our place within the community that allows this place to be as great as it is, honestly. So, uh, so thankful for all of you who have found that. If you're newer to the show, I I hope you'll come back and listen to it next week. I hope the, the little tips that you hear here and there will help you to improve and get better. And if you want to join us, if you want to take your your game really seriously, joining the Patreon, especially in that Inner Fire group, is the best place for that. Be sure to check it out over at patreon.com slash hearthstone. And I have to give a huge thank you, as always, to Risen and Menach for being producers of the Happy Hearthstone. I've been seeing uh, seeing them just uh, doing really well this month on the ladder, so... Uh, we're going to continue pushing you guys and getting you as far as you can. But uh, seriously, this show would not be what it is without your considerable support. So thank you two so much for being uh, for being at the level that you are and for the entire community, honestly. It's not just for me. It's for everyone enjoying the show and those weekly episodes. So thank you. And again, you can leave a review over at uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts to help out the show as well. If you'd like to get in touch with me, give any feedback for what you'd like to see on future episodes, what you think of the meta shows, and anything that uh, you think would be helpful for you in determining what to play on the meta, you can send me an email at the happyhearthstone at gmail.com, or follow me on Twitter at living. Or send me a message, uh, mention me on there, and I'm always around. You can also follow me on twitch.tv slash AndrewIsLiving. I don't have any streams uh, in the kitty, but if you go there, turn on notifications, you'll find out any time that I do get on the show there. So I hope you enjoyed this first of many meta sessions that we'll have with the Rise of Shadows. Uh, there's plenty to learn. There's plenty for me to learn. I know that, <laughs> that much. And I'm hopeful that if I keep on just building my decks one or my mechs one magnet at a time that, uh, that I'll get there to Legend this month. So I'll be, I'll be pushing pretty hard this week. And I hope, uh, I hope you all enjoy playing, watching the World Champs, whatever you might be doing. Uh, just so thankful for you. So thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you next time.